let me introduce you to your next favorite true crime podcast, Crime Salad. Ashley and Ricky, a husband and wife team, go beyond telling crime stories. They dive into the darkest corners of human nature with the ultimate goal of preventing future tragedies. Together, they shine a relentless spotlight on critical issues like relationship violence and domestic abuse, inviting you to explore the complexities of these societal challenges. Now, let us set the scene for a recent Crime Salad episode, which is titled The Search for Haley Cummings. The disappearance of a five-year-old girl leaves the Florida community in disbelief. In the early morning hours of the night, an open back door remained eerily left open where Haley was staying. A wave of dread swept through the community and the family as the unimaginable happened. Was this the work of a kidnapper, or did the little girl wander off? The search for Haley brought a community together in the darkest of times. Since 2019, Ashley and Ricky, the crime salad duo, have continued to deliver stories that are not only fascinating and well-researched, but also have a strong voice for change and justice. So grab your headphones and prepare to be pulled into a world where mystery meets humanity. Make sure to tune in to Crime Salad wherever you find your podcasts and join a growing community of listeners who tune in every week. And now back to your regularly scheduled haunting. Welcome back to Let's Get Haunted with your hosts, Nat Strong and Allie. Welcome back, guys, to episode 125, the second episode of Spooky Season. That's absolutely right, you guys. I hope that first episode of... Damn it. Fuck. (laughs) I hope that first episode of Spooky Season really got you guys in the mood because now we're going to take it up to another level. I think. I don't know. I actually don't know what this episode is because it's Allie's episode, but is it going to go to the next level? Man, I don't know. It might. It might not. I hope that it's entertaining. Um, As I was like writing it, I was having so much trouble this week because I had like four topics that I have like one paragraph written on. Does that ever happen to you? Oh. Let me one day take you on a little tour of my Google Drive and you'll immediately feel better about yourself and see all of the abandoned half research topics where I like realize that like, oh, actually, this is like a uh, like problematic theory that I didn't realize until I spent six hours on it. Or I realized that there's just like this was a hoax, you know. Did I ever tell you about the story that I looked into for like a full day before I realized that the person who like came came up with it was just not well in the mind oh my god and then I was no. like is this exploitative if I like do this topic it was about this lady who thinks that she had sex with an alien which first of all on board I believe people have had sex with aliens why not right okay so I'm like researching it and I'm like reading her book she wrote this book and then it slowly becomes clear it's like now she's in like a mental institution and like actually like it's like a really sad story. And mm-hmm. and then I was like, okay, well, I just wasted an entire day of my life. I think we should still tell it. And I feel <laughs> like we should put people through like, wow, through that thriller of like, oh my God, this woman had sex with an alien. And then like, it's dramatic. And slowly you realize that she's like in a mental hospital. But then it's like, oh. they do put people who say that they've had sex with aliens in mental hospitals. So is it sad or is it just 
part of the paranormal experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. That's always the debate, right? Like, where's the line between like, because, you know, we obviously are a believer podcast. Look, I'm severely mentally ill. And I also <laughs> believe I have supernatural powers. Do I think they're connected to each other? Mm, that's who's to say. Who's I don't know. Say? I don't know. Do you have any personal hauntings for this week, Natalia? Oh, you know, I absolutely <laughs> have so many personal hauntings, but I actually can't. Okay, so you guys, I cannot talk about this major personal haunting that I've been wanting to talk about now for almost a month. <laughs> uh, I can't talk about it until next week. After next week, I will be able to disclose all of the information um, but it's so haunted that I, uh, I literally don't want to alert the public <laughs> because it could have legal ramifications. Oh, goodness. So, um, yeah, after next week, I will be disclosing. And Allie knows what this personal haunting is. You guys it's could never fucking haunted. guess. No, you're never going to guess. You're never going to guess. And when you hear it, you are going to like literally shit your pants on your way to work. <laughs> And you're going to be like, I was not expecting that. Wow, they really got me. <laughs> and then you're going to have to go to Target and buy pants. <laughs> <laughs> because you shit them so bad that you can't even hose them off in the backyard and then throw them in the wash. I hope you don't go to work with hosed off shit <laughs> pants. <laughs> pants are expensive to tie. If they were a pair of like my favorite expensive jeans. Right. I would absolutely hose those the fuck down, hang mm -hmm. them on a clothesline. When they were like dried with just remnants of a little <laughs> bit of shit, I would then take them to a laundromat. Wow. Okay. That's very responsible of you. I feel like I could never look at the pants again without thinking about the time that I shit <laughs> my pants. And then like I would be on a date with someone or something and wearing the pants and just the whole time, don't tell the story about <laughs> when you shit your pants on the way to work because you found out about the personal haunting and then you'd go into like spiral into talking about the paranormal. Don't do it. Wait, have you ever, real talk, have you ever shit your pants? Yeah. <laughs> Tell the story. Well, I was a kid. Oh. So I feel like it's not oh, as good. That's not no, good. No, but I remember it because I was too old to have done it, right? Right. And it was like, I just like took the underwear off and like hid them in the garden. And then I was just like free balling it the rest of the day. <laughs> and that's how I learned that going commando is actually like super liberating. Yeah, it's freeing. You get way less of uh, urinary tract infections. Right. It's, it's a beautiful thing. I'm not wearing underwear right now. Have you ever shit your pants? No, I never have. Which is surprising because <laughs> I'm shitting most of the time. Right. I, just, I think it's truly, it's just been luck of the draw. I've pissed my pants before. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've done small pees in the pants. Not like full let it go. Let but, it go. Right. One time I was snowboarding and I was with my good friend Lauren, who you guys might remember from our um, our video, our vlog where we saw that alien haunted con. guy. Yeah. <laughs> alien con. She was filming it. Um, we went snowboarding outside of Las Vegas, which you might be like, oh, I thought that's a desert. Isn't the snow going to be really bad and dangerous there? Yeah, actually it is. <laughs> but they have one of those really cool welcome to Las Vegas signs on the mountain made of like the man-made like snow surrounded by rocks. Oh, wow. Because it's like not cold enough for snow there. What an aesthetic photo opportunity. Exactly. Yes. And we got it. And uh, so there was like this little ramp on it. And she was like, oh, yeah, go up there and do a trick. And it was like it's supposed to be a joke, right? Because right. we're like not good enough at snowboarding to do like a half ramp trick. So I like go up towards it. as like as a joke, like going full speed. Like this is a joke. I'm going to do a trick as a joke. But then like right before the half ramp thing, I was like, I can't fucking do a trick. I'm going to get seriously <laughs> injured. So I like slowed down and then just like went 
went slow speed, like up the ramp, like slower, slower, like getting towards the top, just slowing down more and more until I literally just fell down like <laughs> 10 feet straight onto my back. And you peed? And I just, my bladder just like let go of all the pee it was holding. Cause like when you snowboard, you hold your pee in cause you don't want to like stop to go to the bathroom yeah, and take off take all your stuff. Exactly. That's what yeah. I heard. And so that I did piss my pants then. Well, first, that sounds like a piss pants incident with honor <laughs> because it involved like a dangerous stunt. Sure. Um, can I share somebody else's uh, embarrassing story? Probably not without their consent, but I say go. Okay. Do it. Uh, Natalia, do you remember when I was dating somebody in college whose name rhymed with gray pee? <laughs> Great B 2.0? No, 1.0. <laughs> okay. You guys, this is how disrespectful Allie was at college. She dated two guys with the same name, and she just referred to them as 1. Or no, she just referred to the second one as 2.0 <laughs> to his face. But he didn't leave, so <laughs> whose fault is that? <laughs> okay, anyways. Yeah. So, okay, so 1.0. Great P. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's literally so funny. <laughs> okay, 1.0. He told me an embarrassing story. Now I'm going to share it because he also ended up being uh, a dick. A dick, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so one time he was snowboarding. No, he was skiing. Oh, my God. These he are, they all start with the mountain. Uh, right. That's why this jogged my memory. Right. So he was skiing and he was at the very top of a ski lift. And I've never been skiing before, so I don't really know how it works. But he was explaining that, like, you get to the top of the hill and then you have to ski down. And then when you get down to the bottom, you could, like go to the bathroom or like you know whatever yeah like there's stuff down there but there's nothing at the top correct can you confirm yeah it could be sometimes yeah no there's not yeah you usually have to ski down to like where their lodges and stuff yeah yeah okay so he was at the top of this ski lift and he was there with one of his friends and his friend's family like and he realized he had to take a shit and he and he was like, okay, I I can't shit anywhere. Like it hit him all well, like diarrhea. Okay, oh, no. and he's like, oh my god, what do I do? What do I do? And he's like looking around. There's nowhere for him to take a shit up at the top of this mountain. So he's like, okay, I guess I gotta just like Bear ski down. Style. Yeah, no, no. He was like, I'm gonna ski down. I'm gonna make it, and oh, I'm wow. gonna get to the bathroom, and I'm gonna have explosive hot diarrhea. <laughs> okay, so he starts skiing down. And like halfway down the mountain, he just absolutely blasts his ski suit full of fecal matter. Oh, God. And it's like running down his legs and like into his ski boots. Oh, God. It's like really, really bad. Oh, shit. And then he gets down to the bottom and he like goes into one of the bathrooms and he's like trying to clean himself up. But like, how do you clean yourself up? Right. Like when you were literally wearing like a waterproof jumpsuit. Exactly. And it's just all over in side of you exactly and there's like not so he's like doing his best but like there's not much he can do and it's like everything is just stained with shit and it smells so bad <laughs> and like he's and then <laughs> oh my god this and, is horrible because the ski equipment and like all your clothes are so expensive that you're like fuck I need to keep some of these and just right, wash I can't just them throw off. Them out. Well, also, it's like freezing. Yeah. Right. So you can't just you, leave you without know. clothes. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. This is horrible. And he was he like didn't want to tell like the family that he was with because like how fucking embarrassing no. to be like, hi, I just like had you can't tell anyone there's a snail trail of diarrhea down the hill from where <laughs> I was. And so he just never said anything. And he just continued skiing the whole day. Because he didn't want to tell anyone he shit his pants. With but it, shit all over him? And it was super obvious. Like, every, like, shit everywhere. He, he smelled? Yes. 
Oh my god. See, I wouldn't in that case I would just be like, yo, I literally shit my pants. Yeah, right? Like And everyone would laugh. Like it would be funny. You right. Know? But I can understand when you're in those situations, you're like, I cannot tell anyone this. Yeah, happened. I cannot tell a soul that right. I shit my pants. How am I gonna tell like my friend's parents right. that I ate bad shellfish and now right. yeah. I'm getting in their car on I the drive it. to the hotel? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Gray P, if you're out there <laughs> listening. <laughs> Thank you for that uh, podcast fodder. I feel like when embarrassing shit happens to you, literally, you just have to just own it. Like you, you just do. have to like call it out and just be like, it's really funny. And then everyone's like, wow, they're so confident. And that's funny. You yeah, know, Yeah, that's true. So if you have a super embarrassing shit story, go ahead and just comment it below on whatever thing you're <laughs> listening to this do. And if you're not listening to it on a commenting just sort of platform, turn to the person next to you, just let them know. Let them know. Be like, hey, here's a time that I shit. And maybe you're wearing headphones on public transportation and nobody else can hear this podcast. Right. But you should still turn to your seatmate and just say, hey, I'd like to make a human connection with you. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you about a time that I shit in my ski boots. Right. right. Yeah. 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 And if you are unsure if people are understanding you, go ahead and just do some ASL while you're telling the story, too, <laughs> just so people understand. Go ahead and Google just two words, shit and pants. <laughs> In American Sign Language, so that way you can get the story across to everyone. Right. Just do it and then get get on the intercom of the bus <laughs> and just go for it. Also, what better way to assert your dominance in life than to just take a shit and be like, hey, I just took a shit. Yeah. I mean, that's what dogs do. That's I know it. Right. And we like, can all learn. Yeah. And like the other dogs smell their shit and they're like, oh, wow, that dog is like more important than me in this dog society. Yeah. And you know what? Speaking of getting shit all over, you know what we have today? A sponsorship. That's that right. That help your gooch stay shit free and nice. Let me tell you what. If you use the Manscaped body wash combined with the Lawnmower 4.0, and the Shears 2.0, you are going to have shit-free gooch, okay? Uh, let me tell you what, Allie. Michael Myers sure is scary, but the last thing you need to be is hairy this Halloween. Luckily, our friends at Manscaped launched their fourth-generation performance package to make sure your pumpkins get the ultimate carving experience on this spooky day. Turn your bite-sized treat into king-sized candy and join the six million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code LET'S GET HAUNTED, all caps, no spaces. Make the right call this spooky season. It's trick or trim. You know, I'm so glad you brought that up, Natalia, because have you ever tried to trim your balls and it turned into a Freddy Krueger film? Oh my God. Every Who day hasn't? I try to trim my balls. Yeah, that's that's a Freddy Krueger film right That's a Freddy Krueger <laughs> film right there for me. It is a nightmare. It's a nightmare. On Elm Street, except Elm Street is your gooch. That's right. Sometimes... When you're shaving with the lawnmower 4.0, you might get a flashback to a time that you were not so cultured and used a straight razor to the pussy and or ball. <laughs> and I'm sure at some point you accidentally nicked your gooch and it just started raining blood. Mm. Much like that song 
or also like when in The Shining, the doors to the elevator open up and uh-huh. then blood just goes all over the hallway. Yeah. How about Jason Bateman in uh, American Psycho? Right. So Same. maybe somewhat you took an axe to the gooch. It could feel like that. It could. But luckily, Manscaped is here to save the day and make sure you're feeling your best in your costume this Halloween season. Unlock your confidence with the Performance Package 4.0. Inside, you'll find the holy grail of men's grooming items. They've made it easy for you to upgrade your grooming routine because it's a full moon out there and the werewolf in your pants is howling. It's time to tackle that problem with the lawnmower 4.0. If the werewolf in your pants is howling, you're going to need their finely tuned pube products that feature a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology, which has been trademarked in case you're wondering. The lawnmower 4.0 is easily the greatest ball trimmer on the fucking planet. It, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, did I also mention that this particular ball trimmer is waterproof too? I did it? Well, fuck me because it is. This trimmer is a shower essential. That's right. And have you ever been in a situation where maybe there's an old witch in your neighborhood who's up to no good brewing potions in her basement? Certainly feels like it. Sometimes when all the chips are against you and the cards are stacked against you as well. Sometimes it can feel like, is there a witch woman casting a spell mm-hmm. upon me from her basement? Perhaps her name is Baba Anushka. Well, then she needs the Weed Whacker, <laughs> which is a nose and ear hair trimmer that provides a proprietary skin-safe technology, which is also trademarked, in case you're wondering, that helps prevent nicks, snacks, and tugs in her delicate holes. <laughs> you know what, Natalia? This brings up a great point that I'd like to address. I don't believe Baba Anushka would have been found guilty if she had simply upped her grooming regimen and looked a little less like a witch. Now, in your everyday day-to-day, looking like a witch is awesome, and you should embrace that. Mm -hmm. But let's say you're going to court because you've poisoned several men in your village. You want to look the least amount like a witch that you've ever looked in your life. And she could have taken the nose hair trimmers, the Shears 2.0, the Lawnmower 4.0, and just done a whole grooming makeover on herself and really, really uh, avoided a lot of grief. Right. I think. Yeah, you know, and this really just got me thinking, if you are a witch, is part of the problematic culture of our society forcing witches to pass as mere mortals? Could be, but if they have the new body buffer by Manscaped, which is a 100% antibacterial body scrubber, they could have just what they need to keep fresh and stay clean during Halloween while they contemplate their place in our society. That's right, because you want to be spooky and embrace your spookiness this Halloween season, but you know what you don't want to embrace? The funk that comes along with living most of your days in a damp, dark basement uh, with your only friend being your familiar who is shedding uh, feathers all over your body because it's a crow and it's your best friend and that's the only interaction you have. Who wouldn't want to leave their body behind and turn into a moth if that was the case? (laughs) That's right. And Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance package 4.0. What? The Manscaped boxers and the shed travel bag. Okay. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Think of the level you're at right now. Don't you want to be one level more? Wow. You're right. 
I do. I certainly do. And also, last thing, if you're looking like a Wolverine and you haven't cut your nails recently, be sure to look into the Shears 2.0 nail kit. Just do it. Don't ask why. Don't ask what it is. Gotta look into it yourself. Cut those nails down so that when you're going into town to buy your herbs and spices, people don't look at you and say, wow, that there's blood under those nails. Mm-hmm. That's a murderer. Because mm-hmm. you are a murderer, but you need to be incognito. Let me give you guys a tip that's inappropriate right now. If you have your nails cut down really short all the way, people assume that you finger people all the time. So whether you're a woman or a man, people are going to think you're legit. They're, th- they're going to look at you and be like, that person fucks. Yeah. And isn't that what we're all going for at the end of the day? We're all just here to make human connections, fuck each other, and die. That's true. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Let's Get Haunted at manscaped.com. 20% off plus free shipping with the code Mans with the code Let's Get Haunted at manscaped.com. Say trick or treat to your beautiful new Halloweeny with Manscaped. These ad reads, you know what? I know you guys are wondering, wow, where do you guys get the material for these ad reads? And you and and I I hope you guys know um that Manscaped provides us with like a beautiful script of just so such well-written, beautiful words of poetry. Yeah. Um but the rest of it we improv and I feel like it's become a joke now of like how specific <laughs> we can call back to episodes while also oh, yeah. uh, having our brand synchronicity with Manscaped. And Manscaped, I just want to know if you even listen to these. I send them the timestamps, but your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, what do you guys think? Do you think Manscaped listens to these? Let's tag Manscaped a bunch in the comments. Uh, keep it going because we're almost to the end of our contract with them. And we want them to renew it. Yeah, we need them to renew it. So if you guys could just do us a huge favor and plug at Manscaped <laughs> in all of your comments, uh, talking about how much you love their products and you love Let's Get Haunted, that would be fantastic. And now let's talk about some people who perhaps could become future Manscaped groomers. That's true. Uh, They could groom their body if they so choose. And that is our fabulous donors. They could open up a grooming shop like for dogs, except for people in pubes. (laughs) Imagine. Imagine the possibilities. Just imagine people on all fours, their little necks in that weird grooming neck dog holder thing. Love it. And then our beautiful donors with the Lawnmower 4.0. The sheer Shaving their underbellies. Wow. I would love to shout out our donors for this episode. First up is Evan C., who says, Hey, y'all, would you mind giving a shout out to my fiance, Katerina C.? It's our anniversary on October 15th. Oh, wow. Katerina. Pew, pew. Pew. Whoa. Are you guys going to do sex? Get the lawnmower 4.0 for each other. Congratulations on your otherworldly entity anniversary. Yes. Slay. Slay. Also would love to shout out Vicky. Molly, Maria O, Aspen D, Cassie P, Maria O again, Brianne M, Kendall B, Haley A, Pedrito El Maldito, Heather, Peter B, and Malik. Thank you guys so, so, so much. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I want to specifically thank Gentry B, Garrett B, Gentry B, 
Hannah R, Brian G, Cat B, Jennifer P. Thank you, Jennifer P, who gave us a very generous donation. Really appreciate that. Hannah R, Gentry B, and Gentry B again. Gentry B, Peter, uh, Barker, and Malik, you three are really like doing some heavy lifting for us. And we really appreciate you guys. We appreciate all of the donations that come to us. All of them add up and they help us to keep bringing you these fucking terrible ad reads. That's right. And we just appreciate you so much and have so much love for you guys. If you'd like to give us a donation, you can check the show notes. There'll be information for how to do that. But if you are not super in to donations because it just feels like very abstract to you and hard to visualize and like, where is my money going and what is it going towards? We have a solution. Yes. There's merch now. Woo! Yeah. And it's not going to last for long. We've got black hats. We've got white hats. We've got white socks. We've got black socks. We've got a tote bag. So doesn't matter what, maybe you don't have legs. So you're just going to wear the hat. Maybe you don't have a head. So you're just going to wear the socks. Maybe you don't have either. So you're just going to be, have all of your appendages put into a tote bag a and tube towed sock. it around. Oh, yes. Yes. Now your family can tow you from location to location mm-hmm. uh, by you going to letsgethaunted.com and buying all of our merch and sticking you in a tote bag. Yeah. Actually, guys, they're really, really cute. These, they are. These, all of this is really cute. But the haunted tote bags, I really do think, take the cake because... You can use it at the grocery store. You can use it um, in your college professions. You can use it in your meth labs. You can use it whatever the fuck you're doing. It doesn't give a shit. Yeah. You can put your brewed potions and herbs and spices inside of it. And it actually has a lot of space. And what I love about it is that the way it's cut is if you fill it up with shit, it stands flat. Like the bottom is is like makes like a rectangle shape. So it's kind of like a grocery sack. Yes. Oh, that's so convenient because the number and this is actually this is not me being funny. This is legitimate. The number of times I have a tote bag and it's so fucking skinny that you're like, what am I supposed to fit in here? This is a literally a fucking tote. Do you think I'm carrying this around to look fashionable? No, I'm stuffing a bunch of shit in here and I need this shit to be convenient. I'm on the run between classes or between uh, work job sites or between areas in general and I need to put things inside of things. Yeah, bitch, I'm free bleeding right now. Let's get this show (laughs) on the road. (laughs) Well, Natalia... Are you ready to get into this week's episode? <laughs> yeah. No yeah. transition. Are you just, are you ready to get into oh, it? Oh, I'm super ready. Let's go. Natalia. Yes. What do you think of when you think of Halloween? Pumpkins? Sure. Gourds? There's no wrong answers, but okay. these are wrong. Oh, shit. Uh, graves. Open grave sites. Uh, decaying dead corpses. Children. Children getting lost. A minivan with an open door. Children are jumping out of it. They're running uh, to other doors that are open. People are out of town. They went on vacation, but they left Ebola. It says, sorry, we're on vacation. Please take one one thing of candy. But there's someone there. He's too old to be trick-or-treating, so he doesn't take one piece of candy. He empties the yes, whole bowl in his bag. into our tote bag. Yeah. And, and, and a, a young child sees this behavior, and they say, what about all the other children? Now, they're not going to get to come go uh, trick-or-treating. Also, there's a house on the corner. All their lights are off. They don't like Halloween. They don't like children. Yep. They don't even want to be alive. And <laughs> don't fuck with them. So you accidentally ring their doorbell because you think maybe they're just trying to be scary by keeping all their lights off. No one comes to the door. All correct answers. I was more thinking of, though, what is a bigger Halloween time trope 
than a group of young adults, all very hot, getting together and performing rituals. Ooh. Right? Maybe they're trying to open a portal to another dimension. Maybe they're just trying to have a fun, spooky time Mm -hmm. playing with a Ouija board. But they're sexy and it's coming of age. Yeah, it really is. And there's one of them's wearing a flannel shirt. All 100% of the time. And converse. Mm -hmm. And one of them uh, is just wearing a bra and it's way too cold. Yeah, and she's a slutty one, so she's going to die. And that's why we stand. (laughs) Well, Natalia, I am back today with Paranormal Games to Play in the Dark Part 3. What? There's more Paranormal Games to Play in the Dark? No shortage. Are you just making these games up? I could not have made any of these up if I tried. Oh, wow. Um, some of these are very fucked up, and I am very excited to tell you about them. I'm really excited to learn. Wow. Game number one, Daruma-san. Daruma-san, or the bath game, is a Japanese game based on an urban legend. The legend goes that a young Japanese girl named Daruma was getting ready to take a shower one evening when she suffered a fateful accident. As she stepped into the bathtub, something caused her to stumble, despite the fact that she had not yet turned the water on and nothing was wet. She pitched forward wildly, arms flailing as she tried to break her fall. But in the blink of an eye, her forehead came crashing into the edge of the tub cracking open her skull. At the same time, her eye socket somehow became impaled by the bathtub's faucet, piercing up into the center of her brain. Despite this horrific injury, Daruma was not yet deceased. She squirmed, kicking and wiggling against the slippery tile, trying desperately to pry her face from the faucet. With a sickening squelch, like squeezing a piece of putty through your fingers, she finally managed to free herself. Immediately, blood and brain matter poured into the tub, and Daruma could not find her footing as she slipped and struggled, trying to hoist her body above the lip of the tub. If she could only make it to the door, maybe she could crawl to her parents. Maybe they could save her. 30 minutes later, her mother would wonder where her daughter was. She didn't hear any water running in the bathroom, and Daruma should have been out by now. She knocked lightly on the restroom. No response. She knocked again. She thought she could hear rustling coming from just beyond the door. Cautiously, she pushed it open. Daruma? She called. The door struck against something hard. Her mother looked down. Her daughter lay there, covered in blood, bruises and scratches inexplicably visible across her entire body. Her mother screamed. Unfortunately, it was too late. Daruma was pronounced dead by the time the paramedics arrived, and her poor mother was left to clean up the bathroom all alone. First, she cleaned the back of the door where Daruma had seemingly tried to scratch her way out into the hallway. Long, vertical lines filled with blood dripped down onto the tile from the door. Next, she cleaned the floor. All that was left now was the tub. She reached for the faucet handle to begin to run the water, and something slimy smushed into the palm of her hand. 
Looking down, she realized in horror, it was her daughter's eye. It had stayed impaled by the faucet handle when Daruma had yanked her head free. The layers of blood had hidden it well at first. Daruma's mother again screamed, dropping the eye onto the floor. Falling onto her knees, she began heaving and retching violently. The eye landed right side up in front of her, staring with a glassy, unseeing pupil, watching calmly from a corner as her mother rocked back and forth in horror and grief. Natalia, before we continue, how do you feel about this tale so far? Well, it started off and I was like, oh, this is going to be spooky. And then I was like, this is kind of sad. Like this mother finding her daughter like that. And then the paramedics take this daughter away and the mother's in this grieving process. And then like a piece of her daughter's body, her eye comes out of the faucet. It's, it's a beautiful... It's um it it would be a beautiful horror movie. Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree. Just, I can totally see it. Like the camera is shot like bird's eye view and you see this woman like hunched over, she's got long hair, it's everything's wet, and there's just an eyeball that like slowly rolls into the frame and there's blood everywhere and it's like white, sort of sterile because it's the bathroom. Um, but it's yeah, I don't understand how this is gonna be a game. <laughs> Great, I'm so glad that You brought that up because this terrifying tale spread like wildfire throughout Japanese online message boards, with some users claiming that they had successfully found a way to summon the vengeful spirit of Daruma into their homes. This ritual became a paranormal game, with those who played it correctly describing their encounter with Daruma-san as follows. Her angry ghost, upset at dying so young without warning, cannot accept or move on. When summoned, she appears with black, wet, tangled hair, caked in blood and stagnant water. Her clothes appear to be rotting and shredded, as if she has just arisen from decades of decomposition in her coffin. She's like the girl from the ring. Yes. True to the tale, she appears with only one eye, her right eye. Her left eye socket is just a dripping hole leading to the center of her brain. The hole leaks blood and brain tissue and jagged pieces of broken skull peek out from the mess. So, are you brave enough to play this paranormal game? Wait, what's the game? You're just summoning her into your bathroom. Oh, but like how do you win it? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you in just a moment. Okay, I think this is a, we need a deeper discussion on what a game is. (laughs) But yes, okay, I would, I'm interested. The ritual is as follows. You must play this game in the dark, just before midnight. It will not work if played during the day, and it also will not work if you have any lights on at all in your home. Oh, wow. First, remove all of your clothing before entering your bathroom. Fill your bathtub with water and sit in it, facing the faucet and taps. Close your eyes tightly. In the dark. Yes. Slowly and deliberately, begin methodically washing your hair while chanting over and over again. Daruma-san fell down. Daruma-san fell down. Darumasan fell down. Okay, anyone who's just 
in the dark fucking washing their hair chanting Darumasan fell down. That is fucking scarier than what actually happened to Darumasan. Do not stop this chant and do not open your eyes. After a while, it is said that the player will sense a presence. The mental image of Daruma will fill your mind. Though your eyes are closed, you will watch her against the inside of your eyelids as she rises, sopping wet from the space in the bathtub directly in front of you. You will be able to hear the slow, rhythmic dripping of water droplets and blood falling from her ragged clothes and hair. At this point, if you open your eyes, she will wrap her hands around your neck and slam you into the tub underneath the water, drowning you and stealing your eye for her own. No matter how frightened you are, you cannot open your eyes. Eventually, with your eyes still closed, you will watch in a vision as she again slips and falls, impaling herself on a rusty faucet just as before, doomed to live out her death again and again each time she is summoned. You will feel as the water in the tub splashes against you with the writhing movements of Darumasan's body, struggling against the faucet until she bleeds out. Do not open your eyes. Do not move. Once the water settles and you have finished washing your hair, you must say aloud, Why did you fall in the bathtub? Why did you fall in the bathtub? That's a fucked up thing to ask a victim, like, Why did you get paralyzed on your way to work driving? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what, So what is she supposed to say? Then, without waiting for an answer or draining the water, the players to keep their eyes firmly shut stand up in the bathtub and quickly leave the bathroom, shutting the door behind them. You may not dry off or turn on any lights. If you stumble or fall while trying to leave the bathroom, you will find yourself impaled on the same rusty faucet as Darumasan, unable to do anything besides struggle until you die. I mean, you're kind of asking to get injured if you get out of the bath completely sopping wet and naked, don't dry yourself off and stumble like through the dark. Yeah, but that's the challenge of this game. Your so prize game is, is just not dying. Yeah, the game is like how to not die or get yeah. injured. Well, think about like Bloody Mary. Like when you go into a bathroom and you're like, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. Best case scenario, she appears right. in the mirror in front of you and steals your soul. Right. I guess that's worst case scenario. Best case scenario, nothing happens. Yeah, right? best case scenario, it's just like a joke and like you made friends with these people who invited you to their sleepover. Exactly. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So this game seems pretty simple, right? Don't be so sure. What? The game isn't over once the player leaves the bathroom. And it isn't even over when the night comes to an end <gasps> or when the sun rises the next morning. The next day following this ritual, Natalia... You should go about your daily routine as normal. A presence will stalk you, slowly creeping up behind you all day, drawing closer and closer. This presence will be uncomfortable and unnerving. If you turn around suddenly to look behind you, you will not see anything, unless you quickly glance over your right shoulder. In this case, you may see Darumasan out of the corner of your eye, 
standing mere feet from you, still dripping with bath water. She will attempt to get closer to you as the day wears on. You may even feel her hot, putrid breath against your skin. If she gets too close for comfort, there is something that you can do to create distance. You should shout out, or stop, which will temporarily stop her in her tracks. Use this command sparingly, however, because the more you use it, the faster she will recover from her temporary paralysis. You should maintain as much distance from her as possible throughout the day. If you enter a dark or wet place, including a bathroom, her movements towards you will speed up, as these areas are where she has the most power. It is imperative that you do not let her catch up to you. Finally, just before midnight, you should shout, Kita, or I cut you loose, while swinging your arm down in a chopping motion. Doing so will banish Darumasan back to her grave, but failure to do so will supposedly grant her access into your dreams. What happens then, no one knows for sure, as nobody who has ever gotten to that point has lived to tell the tale. Before I go on and offer some explanations, um, Natalia, what do you think of this game? I mean, I'm I'm speechless. I like I know I'm not trying to sound like uh, edgy and sarcastic and funny when I'm asking these questions. I'm just like genuinely, what the fuck? Like, if I like, who would want to play this game? Are you suicidal? Like, who? Who is doing this game? Right. Well, I think it's going to be the same people in those coming-of-age horror story movies that are like they think it's a joke let's go to this cabin in the woods and like play with a ouija board and then walk into the forest and go skinny dipping but part of this game is you have to be completely by yourself so it's like you're not even doing this with other people right so there's no i mean maybe i'm just finding out about myself that i do everything for validation from (laughs) others Maybe there are some people out there who, like, just genuinely, like, want to do things for themselves to, like, understand the universe. I don't. Right. Right. I would, the less I understand, the better. Right. The more I think about it, the more I spiral. Yeah. I'm a herd animal. I, like, only want to be within the herd. Well, think about, like, have you ever played uh, Solitaire? Like, uh, the card game yes. Solitaire. Okay. So you do that because you're bored, probably. like On the computer. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how to play it. I just know it makes, like, all the designs at some point. Right. So Or, like, Free Seller Minesweeper. These are all one-person Tetris for me. Tetris. Uh, Pinball. Yeah. There's a lot of one-player games, and most of the time we play them because we're bored or because there's nothing else to do. But they release a dopamine effect. Right. Oh, so maybe that this does. Right. So, like, some people theorize that scary movies are so appealing because they do release that, like, adrenaline and dopamine into your system without actually having to come into contact with something that's dangerous. Right. Like, you're experiencing something dangerous to get that rush without any risk to you. That's how I feel about eating spicy food. 
Yes. Yeah, it is like a game I play. Right. Like, how can I put the whole ghost pepper in my mouth without burning a hole in my esophagus? Yeah. Can I, like, act like everything's fine while everyone's staring at me because I ordered the spiciest thing at the Thai restaurant? Exactly. And I'm trying to pretend like I'm not phased. Exactly. Yes. Because the waiter warned me against it and I said that it was fine. Yeah. And and it's not fine. And now all the cooks are just looking through that little circular window in the kitchen watching me, thinking about how much my ass is going to burn later. But little do they know that my asshole is so calloused having grown up with a Punjabi mother that I will not feel um, any hot shits coming out. And little do they know that you have a sponsorship with Manscaped. Right. So even if the hot shit does come out and sting the gooch a little, at least it's clean. Mm-hmm. Easy to wipe. Yes. Correct. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> so, so, oh, right. So, so some people just do this because yes. they want the rush. The they want to feel alive, yeah. right? Like, why do people go skydiving? They want to feel like, oh, I'm alive because I'm close to death. Like, why yes. do we do like haunted, like kayaking off Niagara Falls? Same reason. Or yes. Or get a cool picture, whatever. Yeah. Why walk through a haunted house? Why go... Yeah. Um, why call the Happy Valley Dream Survey and tell them about your dreams and then have a conversation with them for two years where right. they tell you they're going to give you an exclusive interview and then they don't. Mm-hmm. Some people just like pain. Why listen to this podcast? Yes. Okay, got See, it. See, now we're on the same page. So I did want to talk about some slightly different versions of this legend um, that may make a little more sense than the one that I read. In the other version that I read, this game is set up more like red light, green light, where you were trying to catch Darumasan in your gaze while glancing over your right shoulder. Oh, I think that's more fun. Right. You're playing red light, green light with a ghost. Yeah. Um, if you win, she doesn't eat your soul. And if you lose, she kills you. Right. Right. But I think that's more fun because it feels less like being haunted. Like you're yes. more sort of like in control. Like there's an you, objective. Yeah, there's an objective. Like you can achieve the objective. Totally. So after you, so the whole point is um, as you're like doing this, you do the spooky ritual in your bathtub, you can see her almost like a movie in front of you against your eyelids. You like watch her live out her death again. You like, with your eyes closed, you creep out of your bathroom. You try not to slip and fall. You go to bed. The next morning, you can feel her presence getting closer and closer to you as you're going about your daily routine. So, like, you're in your car, and you know that feeling when someone's staring at you? Yeah. You can just feel that someone is staring at you, and they're just getting closer and closer th- right. throughout the day. Like, they're in the backseat. Yes. Staring at you. Ooh, that's a scary... That's, that's a haunted ooh, movie right so there. So scary, yeah. That's, like, um in that movie Evil Dead, that fucking girl you know what I'm talking about the girl that everyone's like oh you're just crazy but she's like seeing the demon yes and they like trap her in that dark room by herself and the demons oh I'm getting chills the demons just like there in the corner staring at her that's what this is yeah yeah I have chills. I hate it. Oh, so scary. So throughout the day, if she, you're trying to like see her is the objective. Like you can feel her getting closer, but she's invisible unless you quickly glance over your right shoulder. Then you can see her in your peripheral. Mm. And so if you see her in, in your peripheral, that's supposed to end the game because you've like caught her right. like red light, green light. Um, like if you see her moving towards you then she loses. It's like super hard to see her. So if you're just turning around or, or you know, right, slowly looking over. that's part of the game it. is like you're looking and you're like, is she there? And I just can't see her because she's hiding. Exactly. And I'm scared. Ah. Ah. And then if you aren't able to catch her before midnight, then she enters your dreams like Freddy Krueger and 
is supposed to like chase you throughout your dreams. And there have been stories posted to message boards that are like, oh yeah, like my friend played this game and was not able to catch Daruma-san. And they were like, oh, whatever, it's just a game, it's not real. And then the next day they were just in a coma for like years. And the theory is that it's because Daruma-san has like captured their soul in their dreams and, and, they're, it, just, and they're not they able to wake body. up. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, lucky for me, my dreams make no fucking sense and have nothing to do with my day. So like Darumasam will be like, why am I inside of like this fucking melting house yeah. uh, where there's no entry and no exit? Oh, wait. And now it changed into someone looking out of a window. Yeah. And oh, wait, now it changed into uh, I'm flying through the sky. Right. And like Darumasam will be so fucking confused. You're just gonna be like, OK, I'm going to leave this person's haunted mind. Yeah, this this mind is not worth haunting. <laughs> There's also a version of this game that is a children's game. Um, according oh, perfect. To, yes. According to MamaLisa.com, the full name of the game is Darumasan Ga Koronda and has nothing to do with a ghost, but rather has to do with the round hollow Daruma dolls that are generally seen as a talisman of good luck. Do you know what a Daruma doll is? No, but I'm very excited now. I'm going to show you a picture. It's hollow? Yes. Interesting. You want to describe these to our listeners? Oh, I feel like we've all seen this sort of colored pattern thing. It's like red with gold and black and white, which I feel like are very traditional sort of like Japanese colors. Um, it looks like someone took an apple. Sorry for you people who claim you can't and picture apples. Yeah. It looks like someone who took an apple and there's like a base looking out of the apple they like have carved a window into the apple okay so picture an astronaut like you know how their helmet is like has a big window it's like that but the helmet is actually all red and the little like screen looking in is just looking at um two eyes and like a nose in there i don't know you guys fucking google it there's no way to describe this it looks like a little circular um person like no arms, no legs. It's just like a circular l looking guy who's painted red. And then he has a little head um, that's like Natalia described. That's like looking through. A but window. it's like a pokeball. Like it's like hollow inside. So the Daruma is modeled after Bodhidharma, a monk accredited with the founding of Zen Buddhism, who seems to have lived between the 5th and 6th centuries CE. Um, his origins are shrouded in mystery. And most of the accounts documenting his life are mixed with legends. But that's what the doll is supposed to be modeled after. And it's hollow inside. And it's supposed to be like for good luck, perseverance. But, how, but what does it have to do with the game? So that's what a Daruma doll is. And the children's game of Daruma-san ga Koronda is literally red light, green light. So this children's game is played with a group of people with one person who is it. The person who is it stands on a finish line across from the group of players. The person who is it stands with his back to the group. He says, Daruma-san ga koronda, and then quickly turns around. While his back is to the players, they will run as fast as they can towards the finish line. And when he turns to face them, they must immediately freeze. Anyone who is still moving when the person who's it turns around is immediately out and the object of the game is to make it across the finish line. So it is red light, green light. And I have a video, uh, a very cute video of some children and, a, and their parents playing. Oh my God, show me. So 
So this is the children's version of the game. Some people say it started as the spooky version and then like they created like a kid friendly version. And then other people say it started as a kid friendly game and then like adults turned it in on message boards, turned it into a scary ritual. Mm. But have you ever asked yourself why bathrooms are so haunted in Japanese folklore? Yeah. Well, you may be surprised. This is just a tangent. I was wondering and so I was like Googling around. Did you know that Japan has the highest amount of bathtub related deaths? What? Why? I mean, in the in the developed Wait, does world. It, does it have something to do with the suicide? No, it doesn't. What? It's like this what really strange phenomenon. So I found a study that reads as follows. Quote, many Japanese people relax by taking a bath. Unlike their European and American counterparts, the majority of Japanese people soak in standing water almost daily. Sudden death in a bathtub occurs relatively frequently in Japan, particularly among elderly people. Oh, is it because they just spend so much time in a bathtub that they like are when they die, they just happen to be in a bathtub? So actually, they don't know why they have such a high rate of bathtub deaths. The annual mortality rate for fatal drowning in Japan is higher than in other developed countries. And this is mainly attributable to bath related deaths amongst the elderly. However, the actual number of deaths exceeds the official number of bath-related deaths because many bath-related deaths have been attributed to sudden natural causes, such as heart disease on death certificates. A previous study showed that bath-related deaths typically occur in the winter months. It is believed that a rapid change in body temperature attributable to large differences between the bathwater temperature and the ambient te temperature in the dressing room is a critical factor that is capable of inducing sudden death, particularly in elderly people. However, the precise mechanism of bath-related deaths is unknown, and preventative strategies have not yet been established because the majority of bath-related deaths do not lead to autopsy in the current Japanese death investigation system. So what you're telling me is that because we don't do autopsies and we just assume these people died because of whatever scientific they're reasons, yeah. yeah, they're old or whatever, there could be a bathtub Japanese ghost, like Darumasan could be fucking these people up. Yes. They've been playing the game their whole life. Now they're too old. And they can't keep running. Yeah, and she got them. That's exactly what I'm saying. And that's how you die when you're Japanese. Skeptics say that the prevalence of bath-related deaths and the and the importance of baths, hot springs, spas, and soaking in Japanese culture have led to a macabre fear and or fascination with spirits attacking and killing people while they're taking a bath. Believers, however, say that since we cannot determine why so many Japanese people die while bathing, we should consider that perhaps some of the urban legends prevalent in Japanese folklore and culture are, are rooted true. in reality. Yeah, we should, skeptics. That's right. Suck on that. Right. Suck on these nuts. So basically, uh, that is the game of Daruma-san. Wow. What What do you think? Would, are you going to be playing it tonight? Uh, not tonight. I'm kind of busy. I've got a lot of things going on. Um, I feel like chasing around a toddler right now is like already like haunted. I don't need to also have um, some evil spirit just like in my peripheral vision uh, like there, you know, with part of her skull, like coming out of her eye socket. Can we talk about that mental image before I move on to the next game of like a a rotting corpse and her eye is missing and because of the way the faucet went into her brain you're supposed to be able to like see to like her brain her brain yeah you know what i'm picturing um okay so you know how they make like the holes on golf 
fields. What is that called? A golf field. Oh, yeah. The air rate. The golf course. Course. That is what it is. Yes. The golf course. You know how they make the hole that like they put the flag in that you're supposed to get the ball in? They They, core it out. Yeah. They like exactly. They stick like a little puncher bitch in there and then they pull it out. That's exactly what happened. Yes. It's like a puncher. That thing happened. It went into her eye like a hole punch. Yes. But but it's kind of like it also reminds me of when I got my belly button pierced. I didn't know this because when you get your ears pierced, they just put a sharp needle through it and like the flesh separates and leaves a hole. But when you get like a gauge put in or you get like a thicker skin, like your belly button, they literally they do that. They like oh, take, they punch out a hole. Yes. They take out. It's like a, a needle that's been hollowed. So they thread it through there. And then I was just wondering where the flesh inside of the like needle oh, that they gross. put in was and I asked if I could have it and he <gasps> said no that's so gross. and I asked if I could see it and he said no and I was underage and I was using a fake ID in Oklahoma <laughs> at 23rd Street body piercing shout out if you know what the place <laughs> is let's shut it down just kidding um and so that is I don't know if you still work there dude why couldn't I see it that's a great question maybe he was just like this bitch is gross and haunted like get out <laughs> yeah. of my shop yeah yeah you never know. I got my belly button pierced as soon as I turned 18, uh, my freshman year in college. Mm. Um, and do I regret it? No, I don't. Yeah, I, my th- shit's weird now because I had a baby. So it's like the hole's like a little bit like bigger than it was and it's like darker than it was. So I just like just own it. When you were pregnant, because I know they make belly button rings for pregnancy specifically, yeah. like they're longer and like a different angle. Did you do that or did you just take them out? No, I just took mine out okay. because my thing's not going to close up. I think that's for more if you have a piercing that's going to close Fairly up. Fairly new. Yeah, mm-hmm. mine's not going to. Well, Natalia, are you ready for the second game? Yeah, let's go. Have you ever sat up late at night agonizing over some of life's bigger questions? Oh, of course. Every night. Are we alone? Is there more to this life than what we see around us? Oh, those aren't, that's not why, but sure. What if you could enter a portal to another realm from the comfort of your own home and get some of those answers? What if I could have a helicopter and $10 million? Like, come on, tell me how. If this sounds like something that interests you, keep listening. This game is thought to be an American take on a different paranormal game from Japan. And unlike Darumasan, this one requires that the player first gather a few supplies. The name of the game is The Hooded Man Ritual. This version of the game seems to have been popularized when a Reddit user named NikkiButler123 posted about it on the popular fictional subreddit known as r slash no sleep. Although the subreddit encourages fictional scary stories, the game itself is thought to be real. The user writes, Greetings, no sleep. I'm a huge fan of scare-yourself-to-death rituals that go around on the internet. Outlined below is a ritual that is commonly known as the Hooded Man. Although this ritual surfaced on various other sites at first, I thought bringing it to no sleep would be a good idea since there's so many fans of horror here. I have taken this ritual and added my own touch to make it more difficult, foolproof, and unique. Those interested can continue reading, but beware that there are consequences to this if you don't do it right. Let us start with a list of things you'll need. Two black cords, approximately half a meter long. A telephone, rotary telephone works best, but using the ones we have today is fine too. Some warnings and precautions. Make sure that you do a cleansing ritual before and after you perform this, 
From experience, I can conclude that this is a relatively safe ritual, but it comes with its own fine print, so take everything with a grain of salt. If, at any point in time, you feel threatened and or stalked by an unknown presence, you must not continue with the ritual. If you do so, there is a good chance of aggravating and binding yourself to the entity that is trying to attach to you. Shut all the doors and windows, close the curtains, turn off all the lights, and turn off all of your electronic devices. Do not attempt to carry salt or any other miscellaneous items of protection with you while you are performing the ritual. Procedure. Be seated in the room or hallway where the telephone is. Make sure that you aren't agitated, scared, or nervous. All of these negative emotions will prevent you from completing the ritual successfully. Count to 13. At the last count, Dial the following number into your telephone. 204-968-888. Do not touch the handle of the phone while you're dialing the number. Tie one of the black cords to the handset tightly so that it doesn't come off when you tug at it. And lift it from the telephone. Then dial the number 255-15823. Leave the handset there, regardless of whether the phone gets a connection or not. Count to 13 again and place the handset back. After this is done, say quietly, slowly, and carefully into the receiver. Hello? I need a cab. Take the second black cord and replace it with the first one. If you can, burn the first cord immediately. This will make sure your connection to the other world is severed completely and nothing from there will be able to enter our dimension. If you cannot do it right away, make it your first priority to burn the cord after the ritual is completed. Open the curtains. If you have followed all of these steps correctly, the sky will have changed to a tinge of some other color. Then you will see a black cab pull up in front of your house and park. Exit the house and make sure to bring a watch with you. Lock all of your doors and get into the back seat of this cab. The cab will be completely empty so you have no reason to fear anything as of yet. Lock the cab door and prepare yourself to fall asleep. When you wake up, which you definitely will, take a look at your watch. If the time is 3.30 a.m., then you have successfully completed the main part of the ritual. If it's still at the correct time, then get out of the car and get back inside your house within two minutes. Follow the correct way of ending the ritual process after this is done. If your watch does show 3.30 a.m., then you will fall asleep again within another half a minute. When you wake up, the cab will be on a highway, being driven by a hooded man. If you attempt to speak to the man, you will fall asleep and wake up back at your house. If you attempt to lift his hood, you will fall asleep and wake up back at your house.
If you panic or try to get out of the car while it is still in motion, you will die. If the cab stops at any point and someone else gets in, do not attempt to speak to them or they will stab you to death. Correct way of ending the ritual. Lean forward so that you are close to the hooded man's ear and whisper slowly and carefully, I have reached my destination. You will fall asleep and wake up back at your house. If, however, you wish to continue on the ride, you are welcome to do so, although many people who have performed this ritual advise against it. Claims are that as the ride continues, the scenarios and worlds get more and more absurd and difficult to get out of. Nobody knows what happens when the cab stops, so you could try to find out at your own risk. If you're back at your house after the ritual ends, go back to the telephone and dial this number. 200082. Lift the handle, place it aside, and speak the following words. Thank you for the ride. Remove the black cord and bury it. Bury the ashes in your backyard or wherever and sprinkle salt over it. And that is the end of the hooded man ritual. Okay, I wrote all those numbers down as you were saying, and then I was like Googling all the different variations of them to see what they were. Like, is it a cab company? Is it anything? And I couldn't find anything on it. I think so it's what... missing. Yeah, it's missing a couple numbers, right? Yeah. It's like not a complete number. Well, I guess it could be like 2-049-688. I don't know. Sometimes international numbers That's are true. strange. But I even did that and I couldn't find anything else. Or like 2 plus 551 plus 5823. And like nothing came up because I was like, oh, I wonder if this is just like a cab company or something. <laughs> and so then, you know what I mean? I right. don't know. Or is this some weird like, I don't know. I just felt like the numbers had to be cons- significant. I don't, I know that. I know that some numbers in Chinese are like unlucky because they sound like the word death. Mm-hmm. Like I, I the number four. Yeah, sounds like death. So I wonder if in Japanese some of these numbers are haunted. But there's no like re- like the uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, dude. It's it's very interesting. So you might be asking yourself again, what's the point? Like, why do I want to dial these numbers? Get into this cab? Get in with a scary man that looks like the Grim Reaper? And then my object is to not continue to stay in the cab, but to be wake up back in my bed. Going through this ritual is supposed to place you in a cab that can transport you through to the other world, other dimensions. Right. So if you're someone seeking knowledge, right. maybe that's very appealing to you. Right. And... There is someone who played this game and wrote about it online, wrote about what happened to them. A website known as ClassyWish.com posted an experience had by a player of the Hooded Man ritual. The player named Bree wrote the following, quote, So I played the game. I don't really have control in what I do anymore, but this experience turned my life around for the better. I don't know what that means. I also noticed that shadows move on their own all the time now. A tall figure is always standing in a mirror, hidden. If you stare for too long, it dissolves, and you think that it was just something your brain made up. But no, this happens every single time I look in the mirror. It happens way too much for me to dismiss it. If anyone has any information about what the hell I met, please tell me. I'm afraid I'm going to suddenly delete this story against my will. 
I got up to my room and went over to the curtains when I saw him standing over the street. The man from the cab is just staring up at me with that big evil grin. I closed my eyes and counted to ten and hoped he would be gone, but nope, he was still there, just staring. I completely freaked and rang my boyfriend and said that I was feeling really ill and could he come home please. So this girl says that she played the game and she does feel like it's changed her life for the better. Like she feels like she's had better luck since playing. But every day that she gets home, the black cab is just still waiting outside of her house and she can't make it go away. And at night before she goes to bed, she'll look out of her window and he's just, the black hooded man is just still standing there staring up at her. So it's like she can't log off, but it's like not like negatively affecting her. It's just like there waiting for her to go. It's basically like, to me, it sounds like a trade-off, right? Like it sounds like, okay, I get to have better luck, but also every day I'm seeing this apparition that nobody else can see that's just looming ominously. And like, what does it want? And why is it still there? And then people were commenting on this girl's post saying, honestly, it sounds like this rich through this ritual, you made a deal with the devil and he's just like waiting to claim your soul. That is not something to say to someone to help them not freak out. Right. What the fuck? But doesn't it sound sort of like a deal with the devil? Because like, <laughs> that escalates the situation so much. Yeah. Right. No, it does sound like a, a deal with the devil. I'm scared. Um, I just took out this random pendant that someone sent us. Uh, I'm wearing it. It says it's a protection and psychic pendant. It has a three foot protection field and it's spelled to convert negative energy into air energy to cleanse the area around it. And the air swirls protectively around you. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm listening to the story, I'm also clutching um, a stuffed possum and I'm wearing a paranormal investigator hat. So I am trying to uh, talk myself off of the cliff right. and not like further just be like, well, let's jump off at full speed into the abyss. Well, too late. I'm making you jump off because this to me sounds like you get into this cab. You call this cab from another dimension. Mm-hmm. You get into it. There's a cloaked figure you can't see their face you can't see their hands you can't see any distinguishing features and after you successfully complete this ritual you get to have good luck in your life and fortune befalls you Mm -hmm. and luck is on your side but the cab is just waiting there outside your house every single day it sounds like you're trading your soul for fame fortune luck success love that is what Death Cab for Cutie was about. I will follow you into the dark, and it's just him following the hooded man into mm-hmm. another dimension. Tonight will be the night that, that I, I will fall for you. Are you ready for the final game? Let's go. And now we're on to our final game of the episode. Game number three, The Summoning of La Segua. This game is played in both Nicaragua and Costa Rica and is born out of the tragic folktale of La Segua. According to legend, La Segua was a beautiful woman, born of an indigenous mother and a Spanish father. In fact, her name Segua comes from the Nahuatl word for woman. La Segua would come to be cursed. Her beautiful features changed for all of eternity. While she retained her womanly body, her head would be transformed into that of a stinking, rotting horse skull. Her hair turned from its soft, silky black texture to the coarse and wild mane of a horse, tangled with dead and decaying vines and leaves. 
The reason for her unfortunate transformation varies from country to country, and, in some cases, even from city to city. In one version, La Segua is said to have been known for living a reckless party lifestyle. In this version, her mother approaches her one day, begging her to change her ways. La Segua raises her arm to strike her mother, but before she can, a demonic hand covered in a black shroud seems to materialize out of thin air in front of her, grabbing her wrist and refusing to let go. The arm belonged to an evil entity who cursed La Segua into losing her beauty forever, transforming her into a disgusting half-woman, half-horse corpse. In another version of the origin of La Segua, she is known as the most dreaded figure, a terrible specter who torments the lonely rural paths in Central America. Before she turned into a monster, she was known for being cruel, cold, and reckless. It was after being cursed that she developed the true monster that was inside her all along, willing to kill whoever got in her way. La Segua is one of the few spirits of Latin American legend that is known for being both feared and respected. La Segua is said to materialize on empty roads late at night, asking travelers to help her get to a nearby town. Her visage first appears in her very beautiful human form, before later transforming into the monstrous horse skull, in some versions even devouring the travelers where they stand. In other versions, La Segua is a sinister entity known for attacking lonely men by first using her charm to get into men's cars. Once successfully inside the car, the men watch in horror as she transforms into her gruesome true self. By this point, all attempts to get rid of her will be futile, and she will murder the men in the most agonizing and terrible ways imaginable. Now, before I tell you the game associated with her, I want to show you an illustration of what La Segua looks like. Oh my god, she's beautiful. <laughs> she's not... <laughs> um, I, like, <laughs> I'm speechless. I really am. Um, you guys, it's like literally a horse's skull on the woman of a body with, like, really long black hair. What makes it so haunted is I think if people don't know what a horse skull looks like. So a horse's skull is actually really fucking weird looking because horses jaws are so long and their teeth are like they have like almost rodent teeth, right? Because they're supposed to eat grass and shit. So the front teeth are like like rabbit teeth out front and then the back they have like all these molars that go back. I don't know. Their skulls are just fucked up. I don't know. It's fucked up. You guys look at this picture because I don't know how to describe it. It's If you want to see any of the pictures that um, associated with these games that I'm talking about today, you can go to at Let's Get Haunted on Instagram. But as Natalia described, it is a woman's body wearing a white lace dress and then a very long, creepy horse neck um, that looks to still have like tendons attached leading up to a horse skull. And the skull still has eyes in it, and the eyes are red. And then almost like a very long woman's hair, but you can tell it's like the texture of a mane, and it just has all of this like dead twigs and leaves and, and right. vines in it. It's like kind of insulting because I feel like 
they're trying to make it seem like horses aren't beautiful, but they like are, and they've like really done a disservice to them. Wow, you heard it here first. So let's talk about the game associated <laughs> with this creature. Surprise, surprise, this one was also popularized by Reddit. Wow. So this legend of La Segua can be found throughout most countries in Central America. And the version of like who she is and how she became this way changes from country to country. But this Reddit user who goes by the name Messiah in 8639 wrote the following about a game involving La Segua on the subreddit Three Kings. Ooh, like Three Kings ritual. Mm -hmm. Quote, When I was a kid living in Messiah, Nicaragua, the story of La Segua, also called Chihuanaba, La Segua, or La Ciegua in some places, was a folktale that went around my school and around the whole neighborhood. The story basically goes that La Segua was a mestiza, half Spanish, half indigenous woman, who had an affair with a Spanish man during the time of conquest. To cover up the affair, he revealed her witchcraft activities to the Inquisition that was hunting witches at the time. Scorned and a criminal, she escaped into the forest, and she still walks the roads at night, luring men to her and then ripping them apart limb from limb. There are a lot of versions of this story, but this is the one that I heard growing up. I recently reconnected with an old neighbor friend of mine, who we'll call Luis, and we started talking about the legends we heard while growing up. He mentioned La Segua and a summoning ritual that some of the kids at his high school used to do, after I had moved away from Nicaragua. According to Luis, his elder sister had passed the story on to him, some of her friends had done the same thing when she was a teenager, and the story of La Segua was popular at her high school as well. The summoning ritual draws on old magic traditions, but was simple enough that kids started using it to scare each other. I don't know how many people actually performed the ritual, since a lot of Nicaraguan kids will respect and leave alone magic. But there are always people who want a good scare, and if you needed special magic assistance, this is the way to get it. Here are the instructions he gave me, copy and pasted from his email, cleaned up a little bit for grammar, and translated into English. This is what Esmeralda told me to do to summon La Segua into the house. It makes her come from wherever she is, even if she is very far away. You will need a big bowl of water, at least four palm fronds, some black or dark brown hairs, a candle, and a handful of mustard seeds in a container that you cannot see through or see into. Wooden boxes with lids or cloth bags are best, but I think anything can work as long as you cannot see through it, even an envelope. It should be something you can open easily. You will need four big squares of black cloth as well. As an offering, you will need a small, beautiful object, like a necklace, a seashell, some lace, or a gemstone, but it has to be something you are okay with parting with, as you will not be getting the object back. Hmm. It needs to be nighttime when you do the ritual. First, you make a box or circle on the floor with the palm fronds. They do not need to touch, but you need enough to have at least one on each side of you and in front and behind you. This tells La Segua that you are in her forest. 
you should make sure all the windows and doors of the room you are in are open because La Segua needs a way to get inside. Put the bowl of water in the enclosure of palm fronds right in front of you so you have enough room to sit. Put the candle and the offering in the enclosure. It's a good idea to have a friend with you, but they have to stay outside. Now turn off the light, light the candle, and go inside the enclosure. You can't leave it until the ritual is over. Place the box full of mustard seed beside your right hand and the hair beside your left hand on either side of the bowl. You need to take the three black squares of fabric and line them up in front of the bowl inside the enclosure. Blow out the candle when you're ready to begin the ritual. This will symbolize nightfall. You have to be totally silent from now until La Segua arrives. Look down into the water in the bowl. Instead of the reflection of the ceiling of the room, you should begin to see a vision of a jungle come into focus. Then you will see a woman, at a distance, walking towards you. If she is dressed in a dress of tree leaves, held together with strips of black fabric, and her hair is long and black and covering her face, that is La Segua. When she gets close to the bowl of water, you will see that she is wearing a mask of leaves wrapped around her mouth and jaw. My sister told me that this is to cover up where her jaw was smashed and her teeth were knocked out by Spanish authorities who were beating her after she ran from them when they arrested her for witchcraft. After La Segua nears, she will start to come out of the bowl slowly. Allow her to do it, but do not let her take off her mask. If she starts to take off her mask, you will have to stop the ritual. If she takes it off, she can speak and it will drive men insane. She will try to make eye contact, but do not look directly into her eyes and whatever you do, do not tell her your name. When her shoulders are out of the bowl, make this simple request. Quiero tres objetos mágicos. I want three magic objects. Then drop the offering that you have into the bowl. If she begins to sink back down into the bowl, you did the ritual correctly. If instead she starts to rise out of the bowl further, she is angry and you have to stop the ritual immediately. Do not try to ask her for anything other than what the ritual allows. Once she has disappeared back into the bowl, you have to pour the mustard seeds into the water. This is also how you stop the ritual at any point if you need to. The legend says that if mustard seeds are spilled near her, she has to stop to count them. Pouring the mustard seed into the portal will distract her until you have the chance to dispose of the water. At this point, you can leave the enclosure and make sure to take the bowl with you. You can flush the water down the toilet or sprinkle it in your yard, but make sure not to leave any puddles anywhere where La Segua might be able to break through. If you flush the water down the toilet, make sure to get all of the mustard seeds out of the bowl, or she might come back to count the seeds she missed by crawling through your toilet. Then take the bowl outside and smash it, and make sure it doesn't go back into the house. Throw it away or leave it outside. Now go back into the ritual room, but do not look under the cloths or go into the enclosure. Sleep in the room where you performed the ritual, but make sure to keep all windows and doors closed and all curtains drawn. Anyone who was in the room with you during the ritual must also sleep in there. 
do not get up even to go to the bathroom until after sunrise. When you wake up, go back to your enclosure. You should find that the magic objects have been left under the three black cloths. You can use these to perform curses and other magic rituals. The user goes on to write, Luis did not specify what kind of magic items you will get, but I contacted his sister Esmeralda directly, and she told me that you could get all sorts of things to perform malevolent spells. Black corn kernels, turkey waddles, poisonous toads, old keys, special ribbons and fabrics, feathers, bone shards, cacao beans, and human teeth. The teeth are said to be La Segua's own, and the bones are those of that of the men she has killed. Based on what I know about old Central American magic, you can use those items to give people boils, sores, injuries that won't heal, infections, respiratory issues, blindness, and even death. You can also curse their homes. La Segua is not a benevolent spirit, so the items you so the items that she gives you should not be used for protection or healing magic, since the benefit of these objects is that they are already imbued with strong, spiritual, dark power. Don't use them unless you really mean it. Some notes. The water bowl must be a material that you can shatter, so take that into account before you start the ritual. The black squares of cloth should be at least 8 by 8 inches. There's no exact measurement, but this is a guideline because the ritual won't work if the cloths are too small to cover the magical objects she gifts you. The dark hair can belong to anyone, or even more than one person, but it has to be dark. It's supposed to represent La Segua's own hair, which is black in the stories. Do not use light brown hair or La Segua won't know that you are calling her and something else may appear in the portal instead. Also, do not take hair from an animal instead of a human. If you do the rest of the ritual right but use animal hair and La Segua finds you, she will be very offended. The palm fronds are supposed to represent the forest where La Segua lives. If you do the rest of the ritual right, you can also use the branches of trees of whatever area you live in, but be careful that you are not summoning someone else by doing that. Whatever you are using to contain the mustard seed should not have a name on it. Whether it is yours or someone else's, labels are fine, company names are fine, locations are fine, but no personalization. Like a box that someone gave you with your name on it. You don't want La Segua to know any information about you or who you are because she can use that to come back and find you later. Natalia, what do you think of this game? I mean, I think just trying to sleep in the bed where you did the ritual all night and if you, you can't get up, like not even go to the bathroom, you would just have to literally like like piss yourself in your bed. Yeah. I reached out to some haunties that are from Central America and one of them had played this game before. What? And she said I could share the story. She said that one night they were all really bored. It's like a game that high school kids play. Right. And they're sitting around and they're like, you know what? Let's play this ritual of La Segua. Oh, wouldn't that be funny? And like, you know, ha ha ha, let's scare each other. Apparently, they performed the entire ritual and then they all blacked out. They didn't complete the ritual? They didn't break the... The bowl or any of that? Yeah, they did when they woke up the next day. They, like, flushed the water down the toilet, broke the bowl, and, like, everything was okay, except for one of the people, I guess, had a lot of bad luck after that. But it was weird. They The way that they described it to me was just like, yeah, we were playing the game, and then as we were calling La Segua, 
Like we're freaking each other out, like looking into this bowl of water, like, oh my God, do you see? Like, is she coming? Is she coming? Like, and it looked like there was this black shadow, but they're like, oh, but it's probably just like, you know, we're freaking ourselves out and imagining things because it's dark and your eyes imagine things in the dark. And then all of a sudden it was morning. It was like they had just like lost time, like a time slip. That seems pretty haunted. That seems absolutely haunted. I have so many questions for that person. Natalia, what was your favorite game from today? (sighs) They were all good. Okay, let's recap. We've got the death cab for cutie. Uh, We've got missing eye girl bathtub time. And (laughs) a horsewoman who lives in a bowl. Yes. I think... I think that... The first one, see, I, none of them seem appealing to me, but I guess out of all of them, the death cab for cutie would be because it seems like it went right for someone. Right. And, um, but what if it is selling your soul to the devil? Well, I mean, that's like, you know, that's the existential question that we all have. Like, how much do I want my mortal soul to benefit this world? Am I willing to go to hell in the next world? That's true. Um, Do I even believe in hell? Because maybe if you don't believe in hell, it's worth it to make a deal with whatever malevolent entity. Right. Maybe you believe like hell is just a state of mind of believing that there is a hell. And so you like follow all these stupid rules yeah. when in reality, there nothing is real and we're all just in a simulation. Yeah. Maybe so. that, that the hooded man is just the guy running the simulation and he's like oh congratulations you've found a way to like go to different games yeah you've like found a cheat code for this simulation and now you're gonna have really good luck and I'm just like hanging around and watching just because I'm a creep right or like it's like you opened you opened that like little box in the corner of the sims where you type codes in like it doesn't go away after you open it unless you like stop the game so actually you have to kill yourself if you want that like little guy to go away just uh build a wall around your pool and delete the ladder into the pool and drown yourself yeah um yeah i think out of all of these yeah the death cap for cutie i really liked the they were all terrifying in their own ways and they all are fascinating great story love this which one uh would you be most likely to play if like gun to your head someone's like you got to play one of these three games or i'm gonna like rob you and murder you and and throw your body to the wolves um Probably the the death cab one because it requires the least setup and under right. such pressure um, by someone with a gun to my head <laughs> threatening to throw my body to the wolves. I would just be like, okay, I'm going to go to Home Depot. I'm going to get two meter long black cords and a rotary phone and get this over with. I feel like um, the other two are just too haunted. Like it, yeah. it's like you're in the dark, you're by yourself. It's all this stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Well, the first one is like a haunted corpse of a yeah. little girl that died it's terrifying with, and like you can see her skull yeah and, and your brain you're in the dark taking a bath by yourself you have to get out and then it like doesn't stop there you go to sleep and the next day she's chasing you all day right um, and you're just playing red light green light with a demon and there's no clear like yeah. end or benefit to you and la segue is like the same way she is just a bitch and like <laughs> you don't even, even no but girls- she gives you presents but those if you girls, do it right the girls did the the shit right and she just made them black out well maybe they did it wrong mm, and I they just know. didn't know 
Yeah, I or don't maybe know. La Segua was like, "You're disrespecting me by like giggling around in the dark." But it's too haunted because there's like a shadow and it shows up, yeah. and there's three block cloths and everything. The other one is just a fucking black cab shows up. Great, don't give a shit. I've been in black Ubers before; they were fine. And there's a guy in the front that's wearing a hood. Let's pretend he's Legolas, and <laughs> that's it. You know. And then maybe you get to go to another dimension and and see all of the mysteries of the universe unfold in front of you and now you have all of the knowledge right it seems like you have the most to gain from that rather than like just some horse bitch who like may or may not give you haunted items that you may or may not be able to use in a haunted ritual against someone else because you can only use them for dark forces which i don't want to do anyways because that comes with its own issues right and sometimes she just doesn't even fucking do it and you have to sleep all night and you can't get up to go pee or do anything and that's true yeah. what do you do if you have to pee you just pee in a bucket by the bed i don't know i have to pee like all the time before bed right uh and during bed so and then the first one is like you really don't have anything to gain except for not dying i don't know all i know is i'm not going to play any of these but i really want our listeners to play them i feel like i've done this is now part three and i have never heard of a single listener after listening to any of these games actually going out and playing it so they would be really fucking weird if they did. They yeah. sound terrible. Well, look, they're not fun, but I would like to hear a tale of someone getting right. cursed. It's good content. That's true. Yes, so, you guys, for the content, please mentally scar yourself forever. Absolutely. Just be able to write us from whatever mental jail institution you end up in. That's right. And you can send an email, letsgethauntedpod at gmail.com. <laughs> Bonus points if you film your experience yep. playing one of these games. Um, I... I also, I think I agree with you. I think that the one of the black cab is the coolest mm-hmm. because I like the idea of like traveling versus mm-hmm. like I'm just sitting yeah. in my tub or sitting in right. my room and waiting for something to happen to me. It feels like I have agency over the situation. Well, let me read my sources for this episode and then I'll ask you for your final thoughts. Sources for this episode include Five Terrifying Paranormal Games You Should Never Play at Home by Mike Grindle for Hobby Lark. Amino Apps Urban Legends and Cryptids article on Darumasan. Mama Lisa's World at mamalisa.com, a blog post on the Daruma doll and Darumasan Ga Coronda. The National Library of Medicine at PubMed Central article and study entitled Characteristics of Sudden Bath-Related Death Investigated by Medical Examiners in Tokyo, Japan by J. Epid- Epidermal. Villains.fandom.com page on La Segua. Reddit post called Reddit post by Nikki Butler123 entitled An Informal Guide to the Hooded Man Ritual. And an article on ClassyWish.com called What is the Hooded Man Ritual? Real Experiences by Priyanka Jane. All right, Natalia. Ready for a sign off? You bet I am. BRB, gotta go call 2049688 and then wait a little while uh, and call 255158823 and then see what happens. Bye! Bye.